Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. I am also the writer to the Square Circle Society Wrestling Newsletter. On today's episode of a Chit Chat series presented by the Square Circle Podcast, I am interviewing James Beard. James Beard has been in professional wrestling for over 20 years. And we talk about everything that happened in Japan because he is well known for being with NWA and all the territory promotions and just being around in the 80s, the boom of professional wrestling, in my opinion, at least. So we talk about Japan because Japan is not normally covered in most interviews. And we talk about various stories, anything that he experienced and some really good feel good moments in that interview. So if you are interested in that, continue to watch because there's a lot that we all learn together. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Uh, I'm Marie Shadows. I'm the host of the Square Circle podcast and also writer to the Square Circle Society. And uh, I've been in wrestling for about like, you know, I guess... I love I love wrestling since I was little, since I was seven. I'll 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 include that. But then I started like working for WWE like in 2018, and then now I do podcasting and commentary with uh, Goddesses of War Wrestling, which is an all women's uh, wrestling promotion, and just you know in and out of the business and stuff like that. Um, so you know this is something that like I truly love. It's like my my calling and stuff. Uh, but for people out there that you know don't know about James and myself, uh, we actually met through a, a friend of ours, uh, Duke, and I was hoping we could put Duke over. Uh, so how did you uh, meet Duke? Uh, probably the same way you did, uh, online. Uh, we we started kind of uh, going back and forth a little bit and, and uh, had a lot of private conversations, you know, that, that weren't on, on, the, on the social media, and, and we just got to know each other that way a little bit better. And, and, uh, and it kind of became friends really, you know, it is kind of, kind of weird with social media. Sometimes you don't, don't meet anybody in person and, and you, and you become really good friends with them. And, and that's kind of what happened with Duke. You know, he, he, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I would definitely have to second that. Like I love talking to him and picking his brain and stuff. Um, and then as I was talking to him about, you the one thing that interests me is that aside from you working in the business for 20 years right or is it more uh, yeah it's, it's been uh i was thinking about this last night i was i was in arkansas doing a doing a, a show there and and uh it, it's been actually about 39 years now that is amazing. We should definitely yeah. be, like be celebrating that, you know, together. Thirty nine years. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, congratulations on thirty nine years. Uh, so because you, because you've been in the business for thirty nine years, you've seen it all. You went everywhere, and I know other people will ask you like the famous questions for like NWA and like all the territory days. And I love all that stuff. I really do. But what really got me was all the the the, the time that you went to Japan. Cause right. my content, my content is mainly focused on like new Japan pro wrestling. And like, I love those guys and I have good relationship with like some of the wrestlers over there. So I wanted to jump in, into that. However, um, if you can give all my fans a quick rundown of like your 20 year career and what you actually do in professional wrestling before we jump into the other things. Okay. Well, I started out in, in, in actually in, in uh, world class, the latter stages of world class. And, and, um, 
And then, of course, I worked in, in USWA when they came into the sportatorium and, and global until until the sportatorium closed. Basically, I was I, I was there all the time. That was kind of my home base. Um, started working over in Japan, uh, late eight, 80s, early 90s um, uh, with uh, SWE. Kendo Nagasaki brought me over there and, and um, I worked over there for several years going back and forth. So it, it, it was a great experience. And, and, and I've worked with WWE and, or WWF, WWE, whatever. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all the all the promotions at some point in, that, in time, I've done a little bit here and there. And, and of course, a lot of the independents as well. Yeah. And you're also known as a referee. So before we get into like Japan, how did uh, the referee spot? Well, not really spot, I guess, position came about. Um, and that how did that like go through uh, wrestling? Like, did you enjoy being a referee? Did you want to do something else in wrestling? Yeah, you know, that's how I started in wrestling. I, I, I was actually uh, playing music in Dallas and, and uh, got to know a bunch of the guys there that, that were working in the, in the sportatorium, world class and all. And, and uh, they kind of started figuring out I might have a little clue because I've been watching wrestling since I was a kid and, and, and maybe from a little bit different perspective, you know, that, that I kind of had dissected it a little bit and and um uh they started kind of pushing me toward you know yeah i think you'd be good at this you know and i i, I resisted for a while and then i started sticking my toe in the water a little bit and uh, bruiser brody was really one of the main guys that kind of pushed me into the business and and um and you know and once i started doing that i i, I did some spot shows and things and, and and the next thing i know i'm working the sportatorium and and it, it and started getting kind of in demand, I guess. And but my my goal really was that after I got into it was really to get on the creative side more. And 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 that's something that I've I've really enjoyed doing over over the last many years, really. So uh, jumping off of that, because that's exactly why um, I went into wrestling, other than the fact that I wanted to be a wrestler. But then when I got the opportunity to train, my brain was like, no, this isn't for you. You know, so I have the creative side. I have my degree in creative writing and a publishing certificate. Uh, What kind of advice can you give myself well, to me and to others that want to pursue this from the creative side? What advice would you give to us? Well, I mean that some of that's just you know you just have to be in the right place at the right time and then try to you know try to make sure that you contribute as well as you can when you get the opportunity. I, I, I some of it's luck, you know. I, I really kind of uh, um, uh, that's something I wanted to do. It's something I had always thought about, and but when I started working over in Japan, um, uh, I ended up in a situation with uh, actually Randy Savage had a lot to do with it. He he came into a, a, a tour over there. Well, we, we were working with. WWF wrestlers on every tour. I was working for the for the Japanese company, but um, uh, Randy came in on, on one of those tours that they, they sent him on, and he wasn't particularly happy. Um, they, he, he was upset about a, a, a payoff and about the way they were using him, and and um, and he wasn't really happy about being in Japan. And 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 I met him. That the typical thing for me to do over there was I, I would I would work a tour and then I'd stay over work in the training center and then I'd do another tour and then I'd come home. Well, this was the second leg of that. And, and, and they took me over to the hotel where the guys were coming in and, and, um, which is what they would normally do. And, and when Randy came in, we, we started talking and I could find, I, I could tell he wasn't happy about being there. Mm-hmm. And we started talking, we stayed up all night, uh, 
basically uh, going over things. I kind of explained to him how things were over there and, you know, and that, that uh, the company was kind of in a situation where they were getting some bad press and needed something mm-hmm. to kind of perk them up a little bit. And we started coming up with ideas and he started getting excited about it. And uh, we came up with this angle and uh, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch this angle. And I said, well, cool. And, you know, that'd be great. You know? And, and he went to, he went to the office the next, next day basically and said, look, I'm going to be over here. I want to do this. And uh, they liked it, and uh, Randy gave me a lot of credit, and and wanted me to be involved in it. And uh, after that, it worked. It went off really well. And after that, they started coming to me for ideas and for for finishes and, and that kind of thing. So it changed everything for me, really. So it was kind of a stroke of luck, you know, because Randy was in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, uh, and after that, you know, it, it just kind of snowballed, and and, and then it, everything that happened over there started happening over here because it was such a big deal in those days to go to Japan anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a little bit different now, but but in those days, you had to be really on top of the game, and 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 you got a lot of publicity for going over there, and a lot of a lot of uh, um, I guess stroke, it kind of starts coming with that, and. Mm-hmm. Then, and I started finding out when I'd come back to Dallas to the Sportatorium and, and, and working there, then they, they were coming to me for things more then too. So it, it just kind of snowballed from that. And and so it's kind of like being in the right place at the right time and being able to contribute a good idea when the time comes. And and, and you get that opportunity, that's, that's what you have to try to take advantage of. And and, and for me, it, I, I was very fortunate that that's the way it happened. And they kind of, you know, it, it just kind of built my career from that, really. I really do love that story. Thanks for sharing that. That, you know, helps me a lot while I'm thinking about it because I do tend to help a lot of the wrestlers behind the scenes if they ever need me to, like, look at their match or, like, give them an idea for, like, something that, you know, needs to be done. I just don't, like, really put it out there like that because I think that's just, like, a personal thing between me and, like, the wrestlers that are there because uh, uh, I just think that the world, like, in social media, I think when it comes to wrestling media journalists as like we call them not everything has to be put out into the public and stuff so i like to take a back seat to be like okay i help out these guys you know they know about it um so that's sort of hearing that story and like how it all came about for you and like the luck and everything uh it's definitely having me think it's a wonderful story and um i love that uh so going off of uh something that you mentioned about like you know back in the day when you go to japan people had like a lot of publicity behind it it was it was great uh, do you think it was harder for certain wrestlers to get into Japan because it might have been like you need to know somebody? Well, in those days, it was much harder. Because, okay. Because, uh, there, you know, there were fewer companies for one thing. Yeah. Uh, companies were the the main main ones on the top. You know, were very exclusive. You know, you you had to you had to really be uh, as far as wrestlers go. You had to really be very very good to get in there. And and only the only the better workers really got that opportunity. And and you know, uh, uh, some of it has to do with just being you know knowing the right people too. That helps you know obviously. But but uh, it, it was very exclusive in those days. Um, and and, uh, and for a referee, it was even more exclusive because, uh, as far as I know, I'm the only uh, gaijin referee that's ever worked for a Japanese company. 
uh, and uh, I'm the other guys have gone over there and done tours and, and, and special events and that kind of thing. But as far as actually working for the Japanese company, uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one that's ever done that. And I've done it for three different ones. So it's, it's, it, 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 it really, uh, it really made my career over there because it changed the whole perception of me over here. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it did. It kind of changed everything for me over here because I was, I was got giving that opportunity over there. And, uh, you know, Kendall Nagasaki is really the guy that, that, that brought me over and, um, and, and gave me that opportunity. And he was kind of a, kind of, after that, he was kind of the guy that sponsored me anywhere else I went. You know? uh. So, you know, knowing the right people and, and, and getting their trust and that kind of thing makes a big difference. And, and for me, it was, it was the, yeah, it was the break of a lifetime, really. That is fantastic uh, to hear. Uh, how difficult was the uh, language barrier? Were you able to pick up Japanese very quickly, moderately? Like, how difficult was it? It's really kind of weird. I mean, uh, in, in wrestling, most of the wrestling terms are, are in English. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, and, and if the Japanese didn't have a term for it, they just, they just make it in English, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, so that part of it wasn't really hard at all. And, and you know, you do a little pantomiming, you know, you're trying to get a point across, you know, sometimes as far as just socially goes, uh, it took a little getting used to. And then I got to a point to where it's kind of weird because I felt like I, I could understand it better than I could speak it. Mm. It was kind of strange. I don't know. I don't, I've heard other people say the same thing when, they, when they've been over there a while, but but uh, I got to where I was really very comfortable with, with that and, and, and communicating in some way. You know, I, I certainly wasn't uh, um, fluid in, in Japanese, but I, I, I learned enough that I could get by. You know, I, I could eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. But but uh, um, as far as the wrestling goes, it, was, it really wasn't hard at all. In fact, the, the, my second time over there, uh, they, they, they started, like I said, they started bringing me over. I'd do a tour and then, and then I'd work in the training center and which got me started training guys. That was, that was kind of a start in that. But then, but what got me into that was I was, they asked me to, uh, uh, sit down and write down every wrestling term I could think of and, and, uh, and, and not just terms of inside the ring, but about the ring, everything. Mm -hmm. I sat there for a, a several days writing all this stuff. I couldn't believe I could remember all these things, you know, and, and, and I wrote all this stuff down and everything. And, and they made a, actually made a book out of it to use in training. And, and so that was kind of a, a, I guess, I don't know, it was kind of a, kind of an opportunity to, to get another little thing and in, in another, another little feather in the hat, I guess, you know, but, but, uh, they had a couple of guys in there that they were trying to push a little bit and trying to get ready for, for their first matches. One, I was a sumo, a young sumo guy. And, um, uh, so I, I would get in the ring with him instead of, in, instead of trying to communicate it in English, I'd try to show him, you know, what this is and that is, and this move and that move and, and how to do this and that. And, and, um, so it, 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 kind of became my avenue into into teaching too so all of that just kind of worked together um hito was the the head trainer and so i worked yeah. with him there and, and 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 we had a we had a good relationship so it, it it got to be something i really enjoyed doing as well and then that carried over here too you know i started working with some guys over here so it, it everything kind of fit together 
And it definitely sounds like, you know, teamwork makes the dream work of like showing people. Uh, I always think that wrestling is such a visual type of creative sports combat type of thing going on that we have. Um, and most of the times people learn better by like showing them visually right. um, just in case if there's that like language barrier and stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I just love um Japanese wrestling. Uh, you did mention that like one of the students was a sumo wrestler. Uh, was he like making his like wrestling debut? Because I don't think sumo wrestling and like regular Japanese wrestling sort of like mix sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, it's kind of strange. Uh, it actually does in a way because uh, you'd be surprised how many guys uh, 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 started out in sumo that, that ended up in oh. wrestling over there. Um, uh, the, yeah, this this particular Ishin Ricky was uh, uh, he was a small sumo, he not not a big guy at all. But he had when I got over there, when I first went over there, he had just retired. He was very popular. It, I mean, obviously, he wasn't big enough to win all the big tournaments, but he he was very popular with the fans because of his size and the way he competed. And uh, he had just done the ceremony where they cut the hair and and all of that. I can't I don't remember all the terms and everything. Mm -hmm. They do this big ceremony when they retire from sumo, and uh, uh, and they had brought him into the company and and were were starting to train him for professional, and uh, uh, but but a lot of those a lot of sumo guys or a lot of professionals from Japan actually I mean uh, even even some of the guys we know well like Haku, uh, Haku went to Japan originally as a sumo to to train as sumo, um, and and oh. that's. So uh, uh, Sakurata or Kendo Nagasaki, they were in the same same class. Uh, Yatsu was a you know there's a lot of guys were were uh, uh, sumo. Uh, uh, Kenyu started out in sumo. Uh, so it, it's it's uh, you know it was kind of one of those things where you get in there and and and, and there's a sumo you, you might find out that you know maybe I don't have a shot. I'm not big. <laughs> I'm not 500 pounds, so I'm not going to push these guys off. But I can get in professional wrestling and, and do something else. And that's that's what happened with with a lot of guys. So it's kind of there is a connection there. And, and, and we worked in the sumo hall over there sometimes, and yeah. we would sumo wrestlers at shows, and they were they were big fans, you know. So. Uh, uh, you do do a show at Carrick and Hall, and 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 there'd be sumo guys there, you know. So it, it, there's there's a connection there, and kind of a mutual respect. Okay, so I learned a lot <laughs> because I didn't know that there could have been like you know that connection. I'd never really thought about it that way because most of the time I'm watching like you know New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I watched like Noah back in the back in the day. Um, the only person that might have been like part of the sumo like wrestling culture would have been like uh, Takeshi Morishima when I first saw him in like Ring of Honor so many years ago and stuff, just because of his size because he was a hefty guy. Yeah. Uh, so now like you putting that into perspective, I'm like. Okay, I could see it now. Um, but the interesting thing John, is that you mentioned uh, Haku and yeah, what happened? Yeah, John Tenta oh. was a sumo, uh, earthquake. Oh, yeah, he, he he was over there training as a sumo as well. So the, oh. they, yeah, even some Americans, you know, that that have, have gone over there and done that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I learned some more new stuff. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, I I don't put okay. So look, I don't put like those those are things like together. Cause like, I'm, I guess in America, we're just so used to like people just being on like the hefty side, just because, you know, they're on the hefty side. They're, they're like super heavyweights. So I don't associate that with like sumo wrestling and like sumo culture, but yeah. hearing this, I'm like, Oh, it makes sense now. It's okay. You know, cool. Um, but uh, speaking of Haku, 
do you have like any fun memories and like stories you could share i've got uh so 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 many fond memories of haku he's, he's a dear friend uh, one of my one of my favorite people in the world um he really took care of me a lot over there we 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 uh, uh hung out together a lot he took me places that that uh, a lot of them uh, i guess a lot of the guys gene don't get to go um he, when he was when he was training for sumo he had a family over there that was his sponsor that which was common for the younger guys and um when he when he got out of sumo and went into professional wrestling of course the relationship continued with that family and uh, uh he would take me when we would be in in tokyo we, he would take me to places with with his sponsor family and and they would take me places and and involve me in things that that uh, uh were just incredible uh, some of these some of the uh, uh activity the festivals the activities that they did over there the, the japanese way of doing things we would when we have time off and and we had a chance to go places like that he would take me with him and 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 we we would basically live like japanese for for that time and um he, he's told me since then I, I've, I've had the the pleasure of being around uh tonga i call him tonga but um uh, quite a bit this last year or so and and, and uh he he was telling the stories to the other people when we were in, the, in these places about how he liked the idea that I, I i accepted the culture and and enjoyed the culture and and went with him on these things because a lot of guys don't a lot of guys yeah. go feel so out of place you know and, and i was just eating it up i was enjoying it and uh he, he was talking about how much he appreciated the fact that i did that and that's why he kept taking me to these things and and yeah we became very close friends and we still are today he's he's, he's one of the uh um i, I you know if, if if i had to to pick my favorite people in my whole life he, he he's one of them he's right up there at the top of the list i i, I love tonga he, he's a wonderful <laughs> guy I love it, man. I love it. So wholesome. Um, I really enjoy watching how his sons have developed and taken over the New Japan landscape. Um, and, you know, I'm glad to also call like, you know, uh, his son, uh, Tama, like one of my buddies or whatnot from time to time, uh, had the chance to like speak with him and, and stuff like that. So like, you know, you could feel that that family, that wholesomeness from like the whole entire family that I appreciate. Yeah. yeah um i i i know he is um and it's cool to hear some some keen how cool stories too uh not everyone gets a chance to like really uh tell stories you know about him from time to time but that was fantastic um well, most most people think about uh, tonga haku, haku and they, they they think about all the, the stories about how he's the toughest guy in the business and, and the baddest man in the business and all this kind of thing and 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 the honest truth is he probably probably was but uh, I got to see a whole different side of him, you know, a whole different yeah. uh, uh, Tonga. He, he was, and, and I'm, that's how I know him. He, he's the most gentle, nicest, sweetest guy in the world, you know. Uh, and and yeah, when I was out with him and doing things with him, I felt very safe for sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know. It, uh it, incredible person and barb too we barb went with us a lot of times because they're you know they're 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 related and 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 uh we we would hung out hung out together a lot with with him too and and just just that whole the whole island family are just the, the, all the guys that i know uh junior uh samu mm -hmm. all of them 
that I've ever had anything to do with or, or they're the most, uh, I don't know, just the greatest people in the world. I love them. I'm going to have to agree with that. I had some really good encounters with like Jacob Fatu and uh, like Aaron Hanari, like all yeah. the like yeah. Polynesian, like, uh, like people that I know, like it's, it feels so different, so wholesome and stuff like well, that. The, the good um, thing about it, I've always loved it. They like Fatu, you know, I don't see them a lot in, anymore, but uh, you know, every time you see them, it's like just you're back there again, you know, and, and they, they never forget you and they, they, you know, they kind of treat you like family and then, I just love all of them. I really do. I've, I've had great experiences with with that 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 group of people. Yeah, I definitely, man. They they definitely do make you feel like family when like you don't expect it. Um, yeah. so like a quick little uh story that um I'm always gonna be like over the moon about it, and until I get Jacob on here, he'll he'll hear the same story too. Oh, but the last time guy. I was where hmm? what a talented guy he is yeah definitely man um so i have uh the honor of working with mow as like media press so i cover their live events whenever i'm able to go uh so i remember the last time that i worked the show uh he was on there his whole family was on there too and stuff and i remember going like downstairs to get like better angles for like you know my video and stuff like that and he touches my arm and he goes oh you still here sis and like the 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 fangirl in me had to like stay inside because I was about to like fangirl because I wasn't expecting him to to be like that, you know, to even uh, tap me and be like, hey, I remember you, you still here working. So what I did was in my most professional way, because I like to be professional at these places, is to say, yeah, I'm, I'm still working. <laughs> I'm still I'm still getting coverage for for the show. Um, but that, uh, that memory uh, will always yeah, like be with me, you know. <laughs> Uh, in fact, one of one of my first tours over there was with with Jacob's dad and 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 Fatu and, and, and oh my god I don't know him I know Fatu is junior that's what we call him back from way back even the world class days but uh, they were they were on that on one of my early tours over there and and, and always enjoyed being around it for sure yeah yeah um so um other than like you know putting over the whole entire like samoan dynasty uh over um i know japan is very big on like sponsoring wrestlers and i guess sponsors like referees and stuff like that uh for everyone that don't really know about that culture uh can you dive a little more deeper into like what that entails and like how that happens well that the, yeah generally if, if you're if you get fairly well known over there, uh, some you'll end up with a sponsor somehow, uh, and and they just kind of take care of you. You know, I, I honestly, uh, after I'd been there a while and, and gone over there several times, I could go over to Japan and stay for several weeks, and I don't think I ever bought a meal. <laughs> you know, it was it was they they just they, they're just the that's just the way it works over there. It's kind of the kind of the tradition, you know. Uh, um, and, and a lot of those guys had, had people that, that would come by and sponsor them and take care of them and that kind of thing. So it, it, uh, and it, it was, uh, it, it was just an incredible experience to work over there and, and, and be a part of that. And, and the way they treated the business, uh, like, a, uh, it, they took it seriously. Uh, not, not just, not just the wrestling, but the, I mean, not just the, the fans, but the, but the media, you know, it's, it's. Mm -hmm. It was it was treated like a real sport, and, and that's one of the things I enjoyed so much about being over there is is that 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 uh, uh, feeling that that we're we're being taken seriously, you know, and 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 uh, we're, we were covered seriously, and and I, it just it was just 
it was incredible, you know, and, and, and yeah, the sponsorship part of it, it was, was great too, because when you're over there a lot, you know, it can be very expensive. And, 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 uh, when, when you have somebody taking care of you and then taking you out and doing those kinds of things, it was, it was, it, it, it really makes a big difference to you. Um, yeah. Um, I know that a lot of people that I talk to get like sponsorships and they get taken out for like dinners and, and stuff like that. Um, while you were, uh, being sponsored, um, what was like the main meal that you guys, that, that you always had over there? Cause I know like oh ramen God. is a big one. You know, I, I I love Japanese food to begin with, and and uh, you know, it, uh, the the main the my favorite is is Korean barbecue. Absolutely, mm. you know, uh, it, I can eat a ton of that stuff. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, the guys go over there and they get it for the first time and they just go crazy with it. But but that's that's my favorite for sure. Cool, because I I love food too, and like I want to experience an authentic like Japanese ramen one day, um, and then like maybe have some sushi, have some fish, but other things I'll be like a little too like maybe not, but <laughs> you know yeah. I I love food either There's way. Too. Yeah, I've I've, I've, uh, I've kind of questioned some of the things that I've I've, I've tried, <laughs> and, but, but uh, yeah, the, the 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 ramen, the noodles, all that. That's one of those things when you when you get to Japan, you get out walking around in the in, in the city, especially, and, and you just this is that smell. You know, it's like mm -hmm. never forget. And and uh, and a lot of it's the ramen and and the noodles and that thing you're being kicked on the street and all that. And that stuff is incredible. Uh, it, it really is. And and the sushi, of course, you know, it's 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 just the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so being in Japan, so I know that like for, for new Japan, whenever they travel, they like travel all across, uh, the Island of Japan to put on, uh, the shows. So yeah. the promotions that you work for, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, will be SWS over in Japan now in mm -hmm. Japan. And then, and then big, and then big Japan is probably the other promotion, right? Yeah. So, um, so when so did you have to like travel across the island um oh, yeah. to try to get to those places oh yeah I, there's probably okay. in, in japan i haven't been at one but probably multiple times really uh that was always interesting because the, the travel uh, depending on where it was i mean if you go like up in the northern island uh Agadate or something you, you would usually fly up there and mm -hmm. then and you would take trains and things to here and there. And sometimes you'd have to take a boat or ferry to get to one place or another if there was water. Uh, the super train was, was uh, th that was an experience to, to get to travel on that so much, you know. And and and, and sometimes if it were relatively close, they'd, they'd, they'd chart what they called, uh, 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 oh, there, there were really fancy buses, you know, more than anything else, you know, like, like they, some of them had chandeliers in them. I mean, they were really nice. And, and, uh, you know, there were a couple of times you'd have, if, 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 depending on the, we had one trip over there, one tour that lasted, I think it was 12 or 14 days. And, uh, the weather was bad. Typhoon had come in and it was really bad. We were going down South, so they couldn't fly us. They couldn't take us on the train and they put us in, in these big vans and, and, it was murder. I mean, we'd travel like ten or twelve hours a day, get out and do a do a, a, a show, and then then maybe get a little bit of sleep and have to get up the next morning and go do it again. It was like 
one day after the other and the, we were in the middle of the typhoons and rain we had one night that we were there on an outdoor show which they had two or three thousand people already paid for so they weren't going to cancel it and the typhoon came in while we were there and we you could hardly see across the ring and uh you know but but it, you know it's just so many those experiences you look back on now that were so uh so japan i mean so you know it just it wouldn't happen here it was there you know we 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 had we had such a crazy trip that time you know had this young boy trying to drive us and and he'd get lost and then we were going down all these little mountain roads where you look down and there's like this wide of a road that we're on and they're mm -hmm. down here's the river and it's all going overboard and there and it, it was scary you know and then and, and uh it it, it it was quite an experience but but I, it, those things happened over there that you'd never have happen here and and it was yeah. just just a great experience i loved it yeah um that sounds like a freaking trip and a half um speaking of young boys um how different is the young boy system back then obviously to like now because now we have uh the uh no gay uh dojo for like new japan pro wrestling but yeah. like i don't know there was a dojo back then with like the three companies i mentioned yeah yeah in fact all of them had that it did uh uh like with swe even sws i'm sorry mm -hmm. uh we we uh we had a, a dojo brand new facility and all that and training center and and uh, uh the, the young boys they, they it was kind of like college for them you know they, they'd pay their tuition or, or the whatever it was that they had to pay and uh it was a six day a week deal they had one day off mm. and, and uh the responsibilities they had you know they had to take care of the dojo and uh cook for themselves and and uh, uh you know when they get it they come in and train in the morning and 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 uh, work until i don't know i can't remember the exact hours now but then they'd take a break and then they'd come back and do weight training that night so it was every day every day's business like going to college and and uh it was tough and and most of them you know a lot of them didn't get to get in the ring for for sometimes for months because it, it was it was all on the mat you know and all all uh, uh basic training you know and that kind of thing so um it, it's a very intense and intense situation for them and and not a lot of them make it to be honest with you you know i i, I was really fortunate i still hear from some of the guys i worked with so i trained with or helped train back in those days so they're scattered yeah even the even the the uh, uh sumo that i told you about earlier ish and ricky he, he owns a bar over there now and i, I still hear from him and uh, uh hatanaka and, and and the guys that, that that i worked with over there you, you developed that relationship with and i actually lived in the dojo with them during those oh. sometimes when I would, I would be those periods of when, between one tour and the next when they would keep me over there uh at first they they give me an apartment and then then they started putting me in the dojo in an apartment in the dojo so i was with those young boys and i saw what they did and had how they had to work and all that kind of thing and it was that was a great experience as well you know it, it, and uh you, you got to really appreciate how hard they work just to get the opportunity and then some of them never get there 
you know, some of them never get that chance, you know, never get that first match, but, but they, some of them find other ways, you know, maybe they become a referee or maybe they, they do something else in the business, but, but they have to go through all that process just to get there. And, and, and the guys over here, you know, I'd come back over here and work in, in one of the training deals over here where Chris Adams had a training center in, in Dallas and I'd, I'd help him out some, and, uh, you know, they're like once or twice a week. And that was all that was, you know, and it, it was, it was like, I'd tell, tell those guys, I said, you know, you got it soft over here and they all want to be stars you know after they've been there for a couple of weeks <laughs> and they come in first night and have a gimmick and that kind of thing that didn't happen in japan you know you you you, you had to really earn your way before you you got to get in the ring and, and actually have a match and you know it's, it's just something that 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 it that maybe it hardened me a little bit towards some of the mm -hmm. guys here uh but it also made me appreciate how hard those guys over there work to get to get that opportunity yeah i i totally get that and i could see like the difference uh like in quality sometimes when it like you know comes to wrestling even though that we say that wrestling is uh subjective and like you know you like what you like you do what you do but in order to like truly truly make it you gotta like dedicate a good chunk of your life for this um and you also have to be a little crazy to be in this business because yeah, it's bit. just you, yeah just a little bit crazy to like survive at least um but yeah i i do see that there's a difference in discipline too when it comes to uh the training aspect and like what to do and stuff like that um yep. but uh speaking still of um japan um was there ever a time that you might have been like double booked during like the, the 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 promotions you worked for or was it like you worked for S SWS and then like you left no, it, and went yeah, to no it did it, it, it would all actually NOW came out of SWS uh they were having some um uh, internal issues uh, uh in fact I've been writing about that a little bit I'm, I'm trying to finish up a second book and that's that's one of one of the uh, chapters in there talking about this but um the SWS started out as being a, a the, the idea was to be a strong style company and uh, and a lot of guys came from different places you know to, to create that company They're, they got a lot of heat about being a money person and um uh and uh, because they had a, had a big time donor that started it or backed it and um and they the idea was for it to be like strong style and then create these different uh dojos within the in the company and plus bringing in uh, americans or, or gaijin you know canada canadians uh europeans that mm -hmm. fit style. and uh, uh after a while, the uh, tenue had had this idea, of, or, or it was maybe it's approached by it. I don't know how it all happened, but uh, uh, Vince McMahon got involved with it, and and uh, tenue took advantage of that, and and he wanted he wanted to start bringing in the WWF. It was F then guys mm -hmm. on the tours, and, and uh, a lot of the traditional Japanese guys weren't too crazy about that because in those days, uh, uh, a lot of the WWF uh, style was, uh, uh, it, well, there was less than, less than serious. I, I put it that way, at least for, for most of them. And, and, uh, and that created some internal issues in the company. And eventually, uh, although I did, it, it was kind of it, it was kind of neat for me because I was getting to work with uh, 
uh, all the great Japanese guys. And then, then they'd bring over the WWF guys. I was working with all them too on these tours, you know, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. but, uh, the, the WWF guys had, had to, had to kind of change their style to, to work over there because those, it, they weren't going to accept, you know, the comedy thing, you know, or the light work, but uh, eventually that, that came to a boil and, and, uh, there was a split in the company and, and, uh, uh, Sakurada, uh, Kendo Nagasaki took his group and went one way and, and, Tenu, even though he and Tenu were very close friends, Tenu took his group and went another way. And there was another group that came splintered off of that as well. And, and the same money guy actually actually funded all of them. Uh, so when, of course, when, when, Ten, when uh, uh, Sakurada took, took his and went that way, he, he told me and he said, that's what he's doing. And, and I had loyalty to him. So I, that's what I mm -hmm. did. Uh, and, you know that that's kind of the history of Japan over there, though. You know they they they've had a lot of in you know the disagreements in the in the in the front offices as far as style and that kind of thing. That's what created a lot of those other companies. And uh, so so I I was never working for both at the same time. It was always like okay. He, in fact, when it all all came down, he said, okay, uh, you go home for a month. Uh, next month you you come back. Uh, we're going to start a new company. And um, that's what happened. And, uh, you know, and, and it really kind of ended up good for me because uh, Sakurada gave me a lot more freedom. Uh, I was I was booking a lot of the matches, a lot of the talent. Um, and and uh, and it just it, it kind of expanded my role a little bit more because he trusted me and, and we were good friends. And 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 that just kind of added to my resume, I guess, you know, and so that, that, and, and in that respect, it was good for me. I, I missed, you know, working with, with some of the other guys and that, that went with Tenu and, and, and all, but, um, I, no, I, I, I got the opportunity to do something different and, and, and expand my role a little bit. So that turned out to be good for me. That is all fantastic. Um, I would like to pick your brain a little bit more about like, the words that we get, the words that we thrown around for like Booker and like storyline person, right? Because, um, from my understanding, like a Booker is the one that like makes the matches, and then you have the storyline person, the writer that like WWE has to write out the story and like the dialogue. Um, but I want to pick your brain about like what do you think about that? Like how do you separate them? You know, just to yeah, dive that, into it. That's actually a WWE thing or WWE. Okay. Thing. Um, uh, 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 traditionally in wrestling, the Booker also uh, created the angles, the storylines, and and, uh, and uh, you know usually it was one guy, and, and and in my opinion, honestly, I think that's the best way. Uh, it, you you have one guy pulling the trigger at the end. Uh, um, you, you don't have a bunch of writers coming up with all this stuff, you know, that, 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 that doesn't understand what the booker's trying to do and that kind of thing. But, but traditionally the booker was, was the, was the guy that came up with all the angles and the idea. And uh, he, he might have guys that he trusted that he talked to that came, that, that presented things to him and he would take them and, and either approve them or, or enhance them or whatever. But, but that the booker in, in those days did all of that. He was the, he was the guy. And, and, uh, you know, like Bill Watts in, in Mid-South, you know, he, he had mm -hmm. other 
that that like uh, uh, Ernie Ladd and Grizzly Smith, you know, that helped him with with those things. And 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 at one point, I think Bill Dundee came in as the booker for him. Uh, but in the end, you know, you didn't do anything without his approval. You know, but but the 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 writing system came came about with Vince and. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the way TV was done and they, mm-hmm. and they, they were trying to, to write their TV like other TV you know, on, on television, other episodic things. Um, the problem with that, I, that, that really became obvious for me is that a lot of the writers had no wrestling background. They did. They didn't understand the process, you know, they, they, all they knew is what they saw on, on TV and they thought, well, we're going to do this. It sounds really cute, but how you get there. It's a, there's always a step stepping process to get to a certain place. And, 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 uh, um, and, and that's, that's something that's really kind of carried over to today. I see that a lot on television, you know, where the, sometimes you might see something that might be a good idea, but they don't know how to get there. They, they don't, they don't have the patience. Mm-hmm to take those steps to get to the point that that really makes something that builds that story that builds the the fans interest so, so to a point to where they're so invested in it they just want to see what happens next and and that's that's a problem i think in wrestling overall and not just in tv but in, in the independence these days is they just don't have guys that understand that process yeah, I can definitely see that because sometimes it, it bothers me too that there's not enough patience for something because you can't like reveal everything like in that first meeting or that first chapter. Like you do got to build up slowly uh, to things. Um, but I, you know, just even looking at like wrestling on a grand scale, uh, like back in the day, like in like the the 80s, uh, you know, uh, or even like the, the the late 70s when you had like the NWA at, like at its peak and they were telling like really awesome stories in the territories. Like while while we watch those documentaries, they make it seem like everything was like kind of fast paced. So I'm not sure if that could be it as well. But um, yeah, sometimes uh, wrestlers just don't like understand like the pacing sometimes. And I think that's also geared to social media of how like social media wants everything like super, super fast. So speaking of like, you know, uh, pacing and, and building, are you a fan of the bloodline storyline? Yeah, actually, I'm because that's one of the few things that they've done that that kind of has some of that element to it. it. You know, it has some of that that part where they're taking the steps to create uh, 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 an emotional response from the audience. Um, uh, to me, wrestling—that's that's what wrestling is intended to be. It, it's sport, but it's also a, a, a creation of a story that 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 builds emotion. The fans care about. You know, they they want to see what happens next. They want they want to they want to care what happens to this guy and that guy and and this situation and that situation. And most of the time, the 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 best way to present that is personal issues. And and that works every time. Uh, Jerry Jarrett was you know, that was his thing. He, he said, you know, if you create personal issues, you got it made. Uh, the the problem I see with a lot of the TV writing is that it, they do what we call we used to call hot shotting, where it's about getting a reaction and not really creating an emotion. Mm. There's a big difference in that. And, and and they say, well, people don't have the attention span. Well, I think that's a bunch of bull. Because if you watch TV, if you watch uh, even movies to that degree, uh, episodic TV is the most popular 
TV now on watch Yellowstone. I mean, it, it, it builds a story from one step to the next step to the next step. And, and it creates emotion. It creates uh, uh, investment in, in those people, the, the, those characters. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of, of, uh, of television and, and series, you know, if you go into on streaming and you see all these series and all, that's what they do. That's how they build it, you know, and, and, and that's, that's what's most popular right now. And yet, yet for some reason, the wrestling community thinks that, that people don't have enough attention span to, to create something like that. And I think that's wrong. And I think that's what hurts the business, really. That's why that's why the business has been stagnant for several years. The fan base is just not growing. And and that's because the people don't get invested personally. They just, you know, they get a reaction. You know, you see a lot of exciting things. And, and even in the matches, they're, they're structured that way. Whereas it's about getting an, getting an emo, just that, that reaction here and a reaction there and a reaction there instead of building up a, a situation where I really care about who wins this match, you know, and, and, and I understand how, what they went through to get to that point. And, and, uh, and that's just, you know, it's a lost art almost, it seems like, you know, and you, the funny thing about it is you hear all the young guys talking about, they understand that and that's what they want to do, but yet it doesn't happen. And, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with leadership. It's from the, it's from the top. You know, they're not they're not getting that opportunity to to create that way. Yeah, I I'm definitely gonna have to uh, agree. I I could definitely see it from like both sides and stuff. Um, but then you know, social media became the rise, and whatever some random person says, people take it as like gospel, and like that sort of like your well, not not us, but like other people's like mindset have to be like, oh, we have to think like like dumb and like you know not get into the wrestling as much as you know you can, uh, because like wrestling is great when you like immerse yourself into the stories and into the characters and like people who do it like on a very high level like um going back to like new japan like there's a reason why like i love covering new japan because there are guys there that take the time to um like have the fans uh immerse uh immerse themselves into the story into the characters and stuff like that and some really great work and whatnot um I don't know how we as a community online can like change the damn perception of it because like I would love to do that. I would love to somehow change the the mindset of people, but I don't even think I can I can I can do that to to uh let them immerse in like stories and stuff. It, well, like um, I said, it starts it starts with leadership. It starts at the top. And and what is your purpose? You know, I I get uh and, you know, I, I know Vince McMahon understands what I'm saying but he's made a lot of money doing other things sometimes and and uh and you start getting into that that uh, uh i guess that rut of doing this over and over again you know and and and, and you it's hard to go back to those basics sometimes uh, i think one of the big problems with aew the reason they don't really grow they've, they've got pretty much the same level of fan base that they've had since they started is that very reason that, that most of what they do i mean they've got some great talent incredible talent mm -hmm. guys that can have great matches but they but 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 a lot of their their present presentation is about uh just getting a reaction this is hot shotting and you, you're you're just not going to grow a fan base that way i mean you're going to keep that same what we call smart mark fan base uh, yeah. and, and the biggest mistake you can make in wrestling is to play to them. 
because they're not looking for that that emotional connection they're just looking to have a good time and and yell and scream and and talk about how much they know about the business and and (laughs) and and the more they talk you find out they don't know anything at all you know and 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 that's not going to that's not going to grow your fan base the the fan base of, of professional wrestling has always been pretty much the same thing you know the people who who really care about it you know i can remember the the days of of going down the sportatorium and 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 walking down that aisle and and seeing a lot of the same old people in the same seats every week and they're there because they they care they really care mm-hmm. those guys were doing and what what was going to happen to them and who won and who lost and and why and and uh, and they're just a whole different mentality that that I, I think is missing in the business. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is a difference when uh, you kind of like let go of like the social media and you watch the wrestling and you watch your friends and you have that 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 good feeling of like you know they come so far you get to cheer for them and like react to them. Uh, even when like I was doing commentary for um, Invictus, uh, which is another um, promotion over here that was on hiatus. Um, and there's there's two wrestlers that I know, Jay Bougie and um, PJ Savage, and they have like a long history of like fighting and like having the team falling apart. And I've like watched their whole entire like story like unfold. And then when they got into the ring and did their promo, they were like breaking my heart because <laughs> I was just like, you guys are not doing this now to me, right? Like now of all times, you guys are doing this. Um, so like I, I I let that that out because it's sort of like I watched them. Um, from like start to like now from like the, the, the journey and it's some it's something different when you do that as like a fan you know well, while you're while you're doing that and, that and you make a good point too because you you know, you know what's going on you understand that it's work you know that that it, that that things are manipulated but it, at the same time if it's, if it's manipulated the the right way and if it's presented the right way even knowing all those things you care yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, I tell people that all the time, you know, as much as, as long as I've been in this business and as much as I know about it, which I think I know quite a bit. If I see something that, that really gets me mm-hmm. and, and brings, draws me in that way, I can buy into it and then find myself sitting there really caring about who wins and who loses and what happens to them. And, and, and if you can do that with somebody who's, who's been in the business that long, you can do it with fans. And, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter that they know what's going on. That's another one of those things that that's kind of a misnomer that, that yeah, yeah, everything's, the door's been opened, the, the social media has exposed everything. So it doesn't matter what you do anymore. Well, it does. It, 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 it's just like a movie. It's just like a, a book. It's, it, people know that those things are manipulated. They, those are written. Those are, are, are predetermined yet people mm-hmm. get, involved in them because they care about the characters and they care about the, the process and, and, and the fact that, that you, that you pass that by and ignore that in wrestling is a big mistake. It is man. Um, you know, uh, speaking about all this too, I don't know if you're watching WWE Fastlane 
uh, yesterday, but um, during the Seth Rollins and uh, Shinsuke match, when Shinsuke pushes Rollins off the ladder and he falls to the table, and even though Rollins is getting up because he's that type of fighting champion, Michael Cole is screaming at him, like, stay down and whatnot. And I, I felt that emotion of, like, he truly cares about, like, you know, everything that Seth is going through. And to, like, yell at him and see that emotion is kind yeah. of refreshing uh, just because, like, Michael Cole had, like, a really nice refresher of being a commentator because I think he was, like, burnt out from all the times, according to him and everyone else, like, Vince yelling in his ear and stuff. But to have that emotion and going along with the story and being like, yes, yeah, stay down. It's okay if you lose. Like, you got to go home and take a rest. You and, know, and that, I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, the, of course, on TV, you, you have that advantage of having a, a commentator and, and, and people who are trying to narr narrate the story and, and get those things across. And if you have somebody who really understands that, that, that it's like, like, like a, a, a calling a sports event. If, if he, if he shows that emotion and he shows that, that, uh, feeling that's, that's there and points out those little details that maybe fans don't see sometimes, mm -hmm. then and it, and it enhances all that, 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 process that that feeling you know and, and 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 yeah i can see how he could how he could feel that way about getting you know a little set free i guess to to feel those things and and, and some of the best wrestling commentators that this ever existed that's how they did it you know that they, they was about about telling that story in the ring yeah, um, that's exactly what I try to implement whenever I'm on commentary to make sure that like I elevate the wrestlers, the story, the fans. Uh, so that way people listening at home could be like, oh, this was a very good match to get involved in. Um, I try my best <laughs> when I do that. But uh, yeah, um, other than that, um, so I wanted to ask about, um, I don't know if you heard, but uh, WWE recently got a new uh, broadcast partnership media rights deal. It's a mouthful, but with, um, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but it's over in Japan, their streaming service of, of Abe, of Abema and people out there could correct me. Um, in your experience, uh, because of like, you know, just being around the business and like rights here, deals here. Um, are you excited for this partnership? Do you think it's a good fit between Japan and, uh, WWE working again together? Uh, uh, you know, it's hard to say because it, it depends on what they do with it. Um, it, it. It can be, it can be good. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if, if it's just about marketing and, and, and that sort of thing, then, then, you know, they'll, they'll make a lot of money and, but they're not going to change the business. If, okay. if they're, they're about, if they're about really presenting a product that, that, that creates what used to be over there, uh-huh but that that feeling you know that that yeah we're taking this serious then you know that might be that might be interesting but so but, um go ahead yeah no no you, you, I did that but that you know if, if it's just about you know a marketing thing you know where it's just about making more money then i don't think it's going to change a whole lot okay because i was going to add that like uh per the, pre the press release it's that um japan will not will now be able to watch uh Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, they saw Fastlane, they're going to get SummerSlam, they're going to get a WrestleMania, and uh, the NXT will be like video on demand. So all that is going on the streaming service that Amoeba has, and also like Pro Wrestling Noah is on there as well too. So, you know, 
to me, I'm like, this is a, a good thing because like you get to have more fans included and stuff. You can have that pipeline of like more Noah wrestlers maybe showing up as like a one-time deal for WWE and then like maybe sending like Nakamura over there again to like Noah and stuff, sending EO and whatnot. So that's why I was asking if like, you know, you thought it might have been like a very good idea if, you know, well, for this deal. Can be. And, and you know, <laughs> that, that just going to say it's going to start at the top, you know, mm -hmm. How, how are they going to manage it and how they're going to how they use their creativity to make it interesting uh if it's you know if it's just about having matches then you know then then you know that might create a, a one-time deal or something like that but if it, you know if you really want to create something that people are going to invest it in then then you know that that's a good opportunity to do it if if, if that's what they go but if they go that down that road but you know it's yet to be seen all right uh that is that is true I, i'm just i'm just excited for the partnership because anything can happen i think that we're in a very good uh like era of wrestling where it feels like anybody could get an opportunity somebody can like do something good um and like it just feels it feels good like all around um so my last question which is uh basically about uh championship belts i access to like everybody um in no particular order what are your top five favorite uh championship belts well number one's easy it's, it's that, that that's absolutely number one and and way way above anything else as far as i'm concerned uh, it's just classy it, it it has tradition uh it, 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 it to me it still has a lot of meaning i understand that NWA isn't the the, the the at the forefront of the business now, but they're they're doing some good things and 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 they're they're trying to trying to rebuild that brand to where the, the they're taking care of the legacy and 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 all. But that belt to me means more than than it, it's it's just a real world championship belt. So that's easy. That that's uh -huh. one. Um, I, you know, uh, the WWF belts are, are, are kind of, they kind of irritate me a little bit because uh, they're, they're, they're kind of weird looking as far as, as far as the designs go, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they have that spinner belt and all that kind of thing, you know, they've done all kinds of crazy stuff with it. And, and, and in all honesty, you know, when, when you have a guy that, uh, that, that was the only thing about that guys like Ric Flair and all, when they win and lose a belt 15 or 20 times, it kind of loses some of its, uh, I guess prestige to me, but but um, uh, I don't I don't really watch WWE for for, for the belt anymore because I, it doesn't seem like that's the the goal, you know, which should mm. be, but it's not. It's just other things, you know, and uh, I, I just I don't know. That's just me, you know. I'm, other people might feel differently about that. Uh, most of the, most of the belts I, I really like were the, the traditional NWA belts, uh, but uh, I, I I got to handle some like New Japan belt. That's the heaviest dead gum thing I ever picked up. Um, it's almost like doing a lifting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But but that that one was kind of cool. Uh, uh, the the world class um, world class mm -hmm. the world class Texas belt was really cool. That the you know the, the red state thing in the middle of it and all. I, I loved it. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that I, I I mean I've held so many of them. You know I mean that's one thing about being a referee. You get to hold a lot of belts. <laughs> you don't have to defend them. Yeah yeah. 
Um, I mean, uh, th that was like three, unless you could like think of two more. Oh my gosh. Um, the Intercontinental belt. I kind of like it. That, 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 mm -hmm. and it seems to me like that belt almost means more than the, uh, the other two in some ways, uh, because it seems like it's more like a goal, you know, to get yeah. there. Um, the other is just kind of like, it's like a tool where you switch, 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 switch. Intercontinental seems like it's had more constant to it and, and, uh, and, and, and it's more traditional, I think. So I like it. And, um, oh my goodness. Um, trying to think of another one that I really liked. Um, um, well, uh, I, I, the, the 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 tag team the, the the nwa tag team belts i like that you know that that was kind of mm -hmm. cool you know and, and it's had has a great tradition you know and i had, had the opportunity to hang on to it a couple few times you know it's it's i guess those are the ones that i think i mostly I, i'll probably get off of here and think of something else but <laughs> yeah um yeah. <laughs> well uh this has been such a wonderful chat. Um, we can go on forever and I could pick your brain forever for like just things. Uh, cause I, I truly just love this business and want to make it as far as I can. Um, and it was a great opportunity to talk with you. So now please do us all the favor and putting yourself over. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I've got, uh, I've got, I've got a book that's been out for a while. Uh, it's called, uh, uh, the third man, my life is, times inside the ring and out uh it's been out there for a while i'm trying to finish i'll be keep telling everybody this and i've been working on it forever but uh, i am actually really close right now to finishing the second book and it's going to have a lot of things about japan in there and the the first book was more about uh the personalities i worked with especially in the texas area you know the von erics the uh um, bruiser brody and and gary hart and skandar akbar and and uh free birds and and you know all those guys you know so th my my relationships with all those guys my experiences with them that's kind of kind of the focus of that first book yeah, there's other things in there but um this one is a little bit more about about my experiences in japan uh, and overseas and germany and and uh the gwf uh didn't didn't say much about that in the first book uh uswa uh and a few other things with, with guys like Eddie Gilbert. There's a mm -hmm. chapter in there about him, and and yeah, just just a little little bit different different uh, take on things. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping it, it it's well received too. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm I'm working with a couple of uh, of uh, one teaching promotion in Louisiana. Uh, the Dan Davis, uh, a friend of mine that for years is is uh got a school down there and i've been i've been going down there about once a month and, and trying to help those guys uh learn i'm, I'm kind of i guess my, i'm at a place now to where teaching and, and trying to pass it along is really kind of my my main goal and when i get those opportunities that's what i'm trying to do i do a few clinics here and there um i work with a, a group called texas style wrestling and and, and the tapes in addison and and we're we're building some some momentum now and then doing some good stuff i think it's uh, um, uh rodney mack and jazz and 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 i are, are a big part of that tim storm's a part of that uh, uh it, it's, it's something that's kind of coming along really well i, I kind of 
hesitantly stuck my toe in it at first and, and now i'm getting a little more involved and I'm, I'm enjoying that and and i just you know i still do a few independent shots here and there i just got back from arkansas about four o'clock this morning so you know, i'm i'm, I'm kind of halfway asleep but but uh, uh you know with uh bayou independent wrestling down there with, uh, and and I, I go down there with them a couple two or three times a year and and and, and take a few shots here and there so i'm i'm still active uh, not as mm-hmm. not is, is in the ring as I used to be, but but um, trying to still pass it along and, and and teach when I can and 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 be you know a positive con- contributor. Well, um, first of all, I'm glad that you know you're doing all this and uh, wishing you the best and like all those uh, opportunities come your way and stuff. Um, and uh, thank you for actually like staying up. Uh, it must be like the jet lag or something, but damn, you got home at like four o'clock in the morning and, you know, we, we decided to do this. Uh, but, uh, I, I really do highly thank you, uh, for your time. Um, and I hope that we can talk soon and, um, and whatnot, but yeah. Uh, my pleasure. (laughs) All right. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that interview with James and myself. It was amazing. We all learned a lot together. And James is always welcome to come back on a chit chat series presented by the Square Circle Podcast. If you guys enjoy that interview, make sure to go tell a friend about it. It will be available on Spotify on the wrestling newsletter, the Square Circle Society, which is free for you to sign up. And also Patreon if you would like to support me and my adventure and my career in professional wrestling further than anything now. Which basically Patreon gives you access to Google Meet with me. You get to hang out with me. You get a front row experience about what I do behind the scenes in professional wrestling. I am a commentator and I am a media press personnel so i go to events and cover them and then we also do roundtable discussions and talk about professional wrestling and have a very good time with other wrestling fans with like-minded ideas like you have so if that's something that you're interested in sign up at the patreon patreon.com forward slash marie shadows that helps me out and it definitely helps you out because you get to sponsor any future vlogs that I have coming out based on wrestling, based on the indie circuit, and any type of media press that I am available for. So you automatically get to sponsor it. Your name is in the credits. Your name is down in the description below. So again, if that's something that you're interested in, along with everybody else, you also get bloopers too. So if you like bloopers, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows. And don't forget to sign up to the newsletter, marieshadows.substack.com because that is the ultimate wrestling hub for free. So make sure to go tell a friend. Thank you again for watching and listening to this interview with James Beard and myself. I will see you guys on the next interview.